everybody it's your favorite anime podcast phantom necros i'm audrey and i'm angel and today we are going to be talking about jjk the manga so i highly advise you don't listen to this episode if you're not caught up to chapter 160 because there will be spoilers and if you're not caught up idk that sucks yeah that sucks that's tough that's tough couldn't be me no but yeah uh spoiler yeah, warning please- and I said I was a villain and I wasn't going to warn anybody, but I am not truly that awful. But that I'm not going to limit myself to talking about things. So here's your spoiler warning. If you listen past this, you're going to get something spoiled. All right, let's get into it. Yeah. All right, first off. Um. Mahito versus... Also- Oh, I was, I was like processing every all the pain and trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to start off with like the first big thing that happened um, after the events of season one in the manga, uh, Mahito versus Whoa. Mechamaru. Oh, you know that was insane. I was just like when I was reading, I was like, "What's going on? What's going on?" But I think it was like a really good fight and I can't wait to see that animated and I think that's gonna hopefully that's gonna be one of the first things covered in when we get season two. And obviously that's gonna be in like December twenty twenty two, but Yeah. Um it's yeah, that's the first thing yeah, that's pretty much the first thing we're gonna see. And then we get Gojo's backstory. Yeah, I'm really curious about how the movie's gonna flow. I truly think it's just gonna be volume zero throughout i thought they might like add um gojo's backstory but i truly think we're not gonna see the shibuya arc to its full extent come Hmm. december 22 or season two you don't think so i mean i know it's long but i think if we do i think it's a lot to compromise and I think people are going to be disappointed either way that they're not going to get um, the full arc or that the full arc was compromised. Or maybe they might do like what Attack on Titan does every now and then where they'll do like season you... two, part one, and then season two, part two. They'll get, like, I two think that's cores. a great idea. I hope they do that. So, Mappa, if you're listening... Please. No compromise. Please just do a two-part season. But enough talking about the anime. Let's just talk about the manga itself. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like Mekamaru versus Maito is kind of like in the back of my head. So, I'd rather talk about Gojo and you could go. Yeah, that's fine. That arc. Oh, do you not have more to say about that? No, it's just a dope that fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, big robot did not win. I was rooting for him, but like I knew Mahito ends up showing up in Shibuya, so I'm like, I knew how it was gonna end. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna go well because I truly think I know that Mekamaru sees himself as a smart person, but I think he overestimated himself mm-hmm. in his ability and underestimated Mahito, like. 
Like how Nanami says in like the first season that oh he's a child but he is quickly learning, especially mm-hmm. you know, you remember? Yeah. Or so I think Maito um Mahito, Maito, whatever, picks up on things really easily and he gets strong crazy fast. Mm-hmm. So I think you really have to be pretty talented or have something up your sleeve to beat him. Yeah, I agree. But I think not to the more uh, important part that, like, if you're a Gojo stan, like, you see everyone talking about it on TikTok. It is me. I am a Gojo stan. (laughs) This is, like, non-manga related, but me and... um, me and Angel took a quiz, a kin quiz. And it was like, this is, this quiz is accurate. If you don't like your results, go cry about it. Tell them who you got. I got Junpei. I got Gojo. <laughs> who want me? Because Nanami doesn't. Bitch, the prison realm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. Nobody want me. <laughs> I don't know boundaries and clearly personal space. And you know what? That kind of reflects in this because when I'm listening back to our episodes, I'm like, um, Angel's having a clear conversation or explaining something. I'm like, yeah, anyways, this is what I think. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, girl, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, I love Gojo. Um, kind of simp. Okay, I simp. But that's not the point. The backstory is really, um, it's so good. You get to see Shoko, Geto, Toji, and know more about Tengen. And, um... There's a Tengen. 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 Yeah. You get to know more about Tengen and kind of see the dynamic and see... If you read Volume Zero, it's just kind of... They're really... This part of Gojo's backstory is placed in a interesting part in the plot because it's like okay, so let's just assume everyone has read Volume Zero, so you know how Gojo feels about Geto. Mm-hmm. Gay, very. What is shonen if not gay love preserving? Right. There are so many. I've been thinking about that, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you like anime, you fruity. <laughs> Next episode, homoerotic uh, representation in shonen manga and anime. Not even this, that, in shoujo too. Like, I'm not going to get into this, but Nana, like, these girls are fruity. <laughs> but I, let's just get back to what we're actually talking about. Um, You see the relationship and how... um present day came to be how you always see that gojo has had these beliefs that he needs to change or evolve with the times or else like something's gonna happen you know like it's just gonna blow up in their face yeah and lo and behold it does yeah but basically you get the understanding of why geto is the way he is I'm, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I've heard very variations, and I think is it, it is not, Ghetto. I, I just go with Ghetto, yeah. I go with that, too, because that's what I hear. So if it's not, feel free to correct me. I get offended or anything. But yeah, and it's just 
that's just basically it. You just basically get a backstory on Gojo, um, his high school days, a few missions. Like it's probably gonna show one or two missions, and the main story is like saving the vessel. The what is it called? The star vessel. The star vessel. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Again, we're just assuming everyone who's watching this episode is caught up to one sixty. Mm-hmm. Chapter 160. But they don't save the star vessel. And that really takes an impact into their psyche, I'd say. And how they feel about being a jujitsu sorcerer. And Gojo, like we all know, he's the strongest. Blah, 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 blah. Six eyes. Blah, 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 blah. But he is a special grade sorcerer. And so is Geto. And I think... um even though they are very close friends, they do handle things and see things differently, and that what leads that's what uh, that's what leads Ghetto into his like, I'm not happy in doing this. Why should I save the weak and like let all these other people suffer? In a sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that brings us to why Ghetto is the way he is, and catches you up to Volume Zero, present Ghetto, and then. Few chapters after that, you realize who Ghetto actually is. Yeah, he. What is he? He he's kind of Ghetto's basically dead. Ghetto is dead, everybody. If and Kenjaku, that's not clear. Kenjaku, yeah. who is uh, totally forgot what <laughs> what kind of. He's from the. He's from the clan. Oh. He is an ancient sorcerer. And he basically um, continues living by, like, um, putting his brain inside, like, a dead person's body. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So, to set up the Shibuya arc to make it, because this could be 12 episodes of analysis, but we're not about to do that. The point of the Shibuya arc is to get Gojo and trap him. Essentially what it seems like. Yeah, um, they have to trap him because they have, like, other plans that they want to, like, do uh, mm-hmm. in accordance with their own agenda. But they mm-hmm. can't do that because Gojo's in the way. Yeah. And Gojo's literally, like, the strongest sorcerer existing, I believe. Yeah, his existence is what keeps things at bay because all these bad sorcerers... um he keeps them in check without really having to do anything. Just yeah, this motherfucker's cocky, but with, but with it for a reason. Yeah, within reason. Within reason. So. So yeah, now that he gets caught up because of gayness. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Um. So again, I guess I didn't go into full detail about. But they are very special get a uh, relationship. Gojo trusts him. He calls him his one and only. What does that mean? I don't know. But um they're best friends. He's the only one he trusts and stuff like that. So um the way he slips up is being caught up. Well, I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about how how heartbroken I was when I read that scene. Because I'm like, you okay? Clearly not. He got <laughs> trapped in the prison room. Basically, the his slip-up is because he got caught up seeing Ghetto and so surprised because he killed him. 
And so it's like my, and it's like you can't tell me there is no homo code, no, it's not no queer coding. Code. Yeah, because like he's so shocked. He says my soul knows it's not you. Like, come on now. <laughs> I don't think I got as emotional uh, reading that scene because I was just just in disbelief. I'm like, there ain't no way. They got Gojo like that. No way. Why'd I catch you lacking this bad? You're gay. That was. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened. And he even admits to it like, oh. Whoops. Whoopsies. This is my fault. Who even knows how time works in that fucking prison? Because it's been weeks. Has it been like two months? No, it's like November something. It's November something, and Shibuya happened on October. On Halloween. On Halloween. So it's, like, been a week or two. Who knows how that man's doing? Probably, like, bored out of his mind. That man thrives on annoying people. Who is he going to annoy there? Himself? Do you, I, th- I just came upon something. Do you Go think on. he knows about Nanami? No! I, I don't know. I don't know if he could, could hear. Like, we don't have that much details. I think... If we want, we're gonna have to revisit that, but yeah, basically, he's like, Oh, I lost one friend, let me go get attached to another one. Good luck, man. Mm-hmm. We already saw Feral Gojo in his backstory. I truly don't know how his mental. I think he's gonna act like same old, same old, but I hope, um, when he does come back, he stays alive. I was in my notes. It that whole arc, or at least the beginning of the arc, kind of seems like oh, it's Gojo's world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how Gadget is gonna do things about Gojo. I'm kind of scared that she's gonna kill. He's she. They're gonna kill him off. Do they use they them pronouns? I don't know, but I know a lot of people assume that. Gedges he and I was assuming that too until they're like completely anonymous. Hmm. That's the same kind of thing with Demon Slayer's mangaka. Um someone from Shonen Jump, like some staff member said, Oh, Goto is a woman. And so a lot of people say a lot of people use she her pronouns. But Goto her themselves have never revealed their identity um so with them i use they them pronouns yeah i rather just use they them pronouns it's not harming anybody and not assuming anybody's gender mm-hmm. and why assume that this manga that i love was written by a man <laughs> no, man can, no man can write women that well no man is writing a man that well those, you're those... telling me the man I simp for? You're telling me Nanami, the one adult of adults? The, those men were written for the female gaze. What's your gender again? That's right. These are for girls only. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're all like having a discussion. Respect people's pronouns and gender. Like, you can't have these men. You can't. I can't have them. They're not for me. Yeah, they're yeah every i think every character is so well written 
there's anyways this is the we're we're derailing again yeah we always go off in a fucking tangent of like our own thoughts thank you for anyone listening and like thank you for the people who come here for like a real concise thoughts and then we're like society (laughs) just let it's just this is the uh the shared brain so just kind of like taking the conversation and running you know what it's like that um sony dvd thing that's like bouncing off the screen and we're it's all... like burp, burp. <laughs> that's our conversation okay basically shibuya arc is about trapping gojo so um ghetto and the other curses could go on with their plans they need to trap gojo because he is the strongest and keeps everything in check basically isn't um isn't their ultimate goal like ghetto and all them isn't it to like have a world like of only jujutsu sorcerers or some shit i think they have different underlying goals i think the point their shared goal is to take down like the not capital i forgot how they phrased it but the status quo in a sense yeah Take down Jujutsu High because that's what's kind of ruling the Jujutsu world right now and their beliefs and, like, the standing of it. Mm-hmm. But for um, Volcano Guy, go... Jogo. Go... Jogo. Thanks, Gedge. Jogo and uh, Hanami. Hanami? Yeah. Those curses, I think, and Maito's, I would want to say is to have a world of curses and then be the humans but for ghetto it's to not have to use your powers to save the weak and more push human evolvement and have Mm. all of them root out the weak and bring out the strong so it's not like this basically so back to um gojo's backstory so is tired of having face kind of these tragic things just to save these people who are like yeah boo curses boo these people that caused this you know mm-hmm. and within his right and that's what i like about um his character it's like it's kind of like i would say to compare uh thanos like a evil good yeah yeah kind of push- a necessary evil that's a great way to put it so that's where i see how they're going but i think for right now they are um in that current moment that we're talking about they are together compromising to get to their goal but overall um let's just cover the major events and then i'll get to what i'm gonna say for sure so first death that really fucking hurt um nanami yeah i don't want to talk about it yes i do that one hurt, not just because I simp and that's my favorite character, but what he was to Yuji and kind of his own derailment and his beliefs with Jujutsu High. And kind of in those last moments where you see that he thinks Maito is um, the friend that they lost. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad that he's like, what did I run for? And it kind of thinks in that moment, he doesn't see... Like, he's a grade one sorcerer. Like, this motherfucker's strong. Yeah, just because we have Go Ghetto running around. Let's not deny the fact of what he does. Mm-hmm. Or his power. But basically, you kind of see his troubles. 
and kind of just how much losing that classmate hurt him and how it affected him. Mm hmm And although he's helped so much, he's like questions like, he's like, I'm not, and in that moment that he's dying, he's like, I'm not going to question my uselessness. Like, I did what I can. I'm tired. I don't know. He's just like a really good character to me. mm hmm And then say goodbye to Yuji. That was so sad. I, um, I see a lot of people on TikTok. It's like the honorary DILF. You can't tell me he wasn't a father figure to Yuji. Oh, no, he most definitely was. Yeah, so honorary DILF in my book. 100%, Number one yeah. DILF. So I think just like... I think Nanami is kind of like the anchor to like personal real world issues and not just the curses. And so that's what you see in him. Like he doesn't want to work for some like piece of shit, but that um, salary company or whatever. Mm hmm But he's also like questions why he does this thing when it's like you get no thanks for being a jujitsu sorcerer. You just have to do these lousy things and no one's thanking you for it. And then you kind of go mad in a sense, not like, oh my God, feral and insane, but more in like, what am I doing this for? Is it okay that I'm doing these things? Mm -hmm. And I think that was like Nanami's resolve in a sense at the end. Like, I'm just going to stop questioning this. I'm just tired and I did what I did. And it was also sad that he's like, thinking about where he wants to retire and what he wants to do is read books and that just part really got to me As soon as I saw, like, when he was contemplating what he wants, like that retirement thing you mentioned, I, I knew yeah it was coming. i'll go retire with you Nanami. <laughs> um if you send for Nanami, get him back of the line on the first one <laughs> but um I think most of, this is a sideline, most of my tattoos that I want are from JJK, a lot of panels, and some that we haven't seen animated, but I want the manga panels. Yeah, I want, um, I want, I want Feral Gojo. I do too, and I believe we agree that you would tattoo it on me, huh? Yeah, I'm not a tattoo artist officially, but ho hopefully I'm gonna get there. I'm, I'm the canvas for practice. Yeah, if you're like looking at that, is that they're like, is that Megumi? Oh no, that's Gojo. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, and I want um half burnt Nanami. <laughs> Oof. Pain. I posted the other day my favorite uh, manga panels, and then. Uh, one of my friends was like, this is your favorite panel? And I was like, look, it's not because I like what happened. It's just what it signifies. Yeah. I have a joke for you. Oh, fucking God, go. What 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 do Nanami in the Shibuya arc and me right now have in common? We're both a Have little a functioning toasted. lung? Oh, <laughs> We're both a little toasted. <laughs> but anyways. As we move from there, um, another major character loss. I don't know where Nobara standings at, but her her part was really sad, and I think 
Yeah, I know I just mentioned the beginning of the show, I can Gojo. That's whatever the test said. Yeah, I do. But more I can Nobra just for like who she is. Mm-hmm. And I think it shows a lot when she was fighting um the one from Kyoto. My she's like a wit Mai? No. Oh. She did fight Mai, but yeah, I do remember who she's the blonde one. I forgot Yeah, I can't remember her name, but she's like, I don't care about your ideals or societal ideals. Like, I'm going to do it. And then her backstory as she's, like, being attacked by Maito shows how she's always kind of been an outsider. And I think that's why she wanted to move Mm. to Tokyo. And it's sad. And, like, the way she cares for people. And you see um, her definition of, or her, what's the word? Her analogy? Mm Mm-hmm. Of like who she's close to, she says like it's a chair or it's like a circle meeting, and in the end you see who are important to her, and you don't even see her parents. I don't know if um, Gadget did that on purpose or accidental, but I think it's just like who she sees, who impacted her life, and whatnot. And I think I'm gonna cry thinking about this, but no, because you're gonna get me going because I was no, I was, I was in so my. Sad. I was in my in my English class. Uh, for those uh, that aren't aware, I work at a at a public school, um, and I was in one of my classes reading this chapter, and I'm just like holding back tears as I'm seeing Nobra's like backstory, and then like when she like turns to Yuji, it was like it wasn't all bad. I had to I had to <laughs> I had to take a lap. I'm not crying. I think it's you know just what? really. I, okay. Here's why I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead either. I really think they're pushing that idea on us. I think she's going to come last minute. And she's gonna be like, what's up, motherfucker? Like, is your girl? She's going to. She's going to pull a Hanji and like come back with an eye patch because that eye, she ain't getting that eye back. Oh god, no, she's not getting that eye back. But no, but the reason why I think she's still alive is because you don't write out and illustrate like a send-off and a backstory that well-written just to leave a character's um, status in in, in ambiguity. Oh, oh, like Like, like, you don't, you don't like build up to that moment just to like leave us like in suspense of like, well, what's up with her? Because we see that one lady, she's like, oh, she's neither dead nor alive. And it's like, what? Um, so that's I... all. That's why I think she's actually dead. That's funny that we have different ways of thinking. But I really hoping she's not a part of me. Like, the death should just be confirmed or not, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, like, later on in, like, the manga... Uh, Yuji asks Megumi and he's like oh right, right I understand mm-hmm. so there's a lot of ambiguity towards Nobara's status so mm-hmm. but yeah past that one that was really fucking sad I I stayed strong talking about Nanami but once we got to Nobara and her whole backstory is just really nice and to see and to understand more of her mm-hmm. is really nice and I think it's like kind of that um, where it compares to Naruto, not saying that Sakura was ever weak, but she wasn't in like the same power dynamic as Naruto and Sasuke. 
and I think it comes to the same as Nobra, but I don't think she ever felt um, inadequate. Definitely not. No. There, she has so much confidence. But I think she also wanted to prove herself in the Shibuya arc because a lot of people were like, stay back. That's Nanami right. Nanami told her to stay back. And I think, I don't think she regrets doing what she did. Mm-hmm. Um, because even Maito is like, oh my gosh, it's not just Yuji that I have to worry about in strength. It's also this girl. And I think she's a really strong character and um, not just, and I think it's like, I'm sorry, I always lack good descriptions, but I think it's just kind of, she's left in the shadows of, like, Yuji and Megumi, Megumi being a, like, prodigy and having this power of, that the clan hasn't had in a long time, mm-hmm. and Yuji having, like, superhuman strength before that, and also having Sukuna. Sukuna, and growing in an unbelievable rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, if you guys hear me sniffling, I'm still trying to, like, be normal again. <laughs> uh, but finally, let's move on. This episode's probably going to be hella long. Maybe we could cut into it. <laughs> fine. All right. Um, and so, yeah, we're still in the Shibuya arc. That's how I felt reading it. I was like, oh, great. And it's like Shibuya arc part 27. I was like, congratulations. <laughs> I was uh, like, we're still here? <laughs> so let's just fast forward towards these fights because I think Nanami's death and Nobra's status was kind of one of the most more important parts and the other parts we could review easily. Well, Basically, more. Maki. That's I want to get to her resolve later because okay. that's after the Shibuya. Is Maki and Mai that's after Shibuya? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. Yeah, that's kind of like, okay, things are finally under control. Um, For sure. So, Toto, um, also, I think Choso's fight with um, Yuji is between those two incidents. So, basically, he realizes, he gets a memory that um, Yuji's his little brother. That's kind of it, and we'll get more into that later Mm -hmm. when it comes to being necessary. And then... uh, Damn, uh, fucking ham, uh, what happens? Oh, there's just so much fights that happen. So I'll just list them. Megami versus Toji, um, this one curse where it brings up a domain and brings Maki, Naminami, and that one Zedin clan leader. But that's, again, before those deaths and events. Um... Let's just go back to Sakuna comes out. There's the twins feed the twins being from um, Ghetto. They feed Yuji an ungodly amount of fingers. And then Jogo feeds him another one and brings Sakuna out. Basically, Sakuna goes feral. And um, mind you, there's a real world going on outside of Shibuya. So basically, everyone in Japan sees it as a terrorist attack. Um, jujutsu, the jujutsu world is under revision, and basically, Yuji's execution is no longer postponed. Like that shit's indefinitely gonna happen. Yeah. And so that happens. Sakuna comes out. A lot of people get hurt. 
Mm. A lot of people get killed too. A lot. Of, oh yeah, a lot of people get killed. Inumaki loses a hand, an Inumaki. arm. That made that made me sad. That made me sad too. Like he, came, like, he pulled up with such like you said a go lucky mood. Yeah. Uh, and then like he loses an arm. And then you see him in like who knows where wrapped in like curse um to protect him I think. Uh huh. So I hope we get more of that because we haven't seen or heard of him since then. Yeah. And so a lot of people get hurt. A lot of people die. And so that brings Yuji's execution to no longer postponed. Jogo fucking dies. Oh, yeah. He dies. And um, that, that, that was kind of an... And that one other monster. Or not monster. Cursed spirit. This... Fuck. I forgot their names. Anyways, basically, of the evil people, Ghetto and Mito are left standing. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just so much to cover. I'm sorry if we're like, uh, uh, please, I hope you have read this and are just not trying to get like caught up with us because we yeah. are A, stupid, <laughs> yeah. B, we're, uh, Bad memory. Yeah, we're not uh we're not here to hold your hand on what happens. We're still processing on what the fuck just happened. Um Yeah. Genji, you will hear from my <laughs> We're just giving our impressions of what the fuck has happened. Yes, please don't I as much as we're trying to cover every important thing that happened, there's a lot that happened in the Shibuya arc. And even if you're I suggest you revisiting that once we get to season two, just so you're caught up and understand. But what I want to say is the big fight of Shibuya arc is, to me, was Maito versus Yuji, including Toto. They pulled an amazing fight, and the way that, like, oh, you want to get fucked up, I was like, that Yuji is about to finally kill Maito. He has put them through so much, and I think the parallels between them is that Yuji is so easy to care, and Maito's so easy not to care mm -hmm. it's a great fight and toto helping him is just kind of like oh that big brother um or brother mm -hmm. i'll bring when they're like yuji what do you got pheromones or something why is everyone here <laughs> still <laughs> but choso is actually his brother big brother in a sense yeah and toto is <laughs> there along for the ride yeah, he's just happy to be there. He's just happy to be there. Um, he's an amazing. He had amazing full manga spreads or full panel spreads. Oh yeah, oh my! I was especially like... the beach one. <laughs> just kidding. That but was that, so but, fucking funny. But that uh, that fight with um, Yuji, Toto, and Mahito. I was like fully captivated. Usually, like I kind of skim through shonen fights just because like I'm having a hard time. Like, what the fuck's happening? But that fight. What are we talking about? <laughs> and I was, but that fight, I was just like, like on the edge of my fucking seat, like in the classroom, just like reading this shit on my Chromebook. Hey, people who read on their laptops, you have some type of strength because that's just a hard. I need to be like this. Oh, it's fucking like putting on a chapstick under my fucking eyelids, just trying to like stay awake. No, I'm kidding. But the way that he describes, I think 
Maito as a mouse running in the snow and Yuji being this predator, a wolf, is just really amazing and it was a really good spread and I think it was really nice that it was really, it was a great analogy because I don't think Maito has ever felt like the prey, even like in situations where he's about to lose, he's always evolved from them and and able to recover in a moment but in this fight it's just like he's like oh fucking no and oh my god you want to get fucked up was like that in the end ghetto just swallows him up as a curse and that was his plan for everybody so it's not like he was the allies with these curses yeah he was gonna use them either way he just made them believe that man's diabolical yeah i don't kisaki type of diabolical <laughs> Pseudo ghetto, I believe, is how they refer to him now because it's not actually ghetto. Yeah. Oh, and can we uh, talk about how um the fuck's that character's name? Kenjaku, the 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 sorcerer occupying Ghetto's body, is fucking Itadori's mom. Okay, I, I've been waiting to talk about this. I saw I sent it to you, right? That it's like Yuji's like, do I call them mom? Yeah. Dad, <laughs> is Gojo my stepdad? <laughs> and and because of that, you know how like in the very beginning, it, it's kind of like presented that Yuji ate that first finger on his own free will. Dude, when mangas do this, like there was, this is like fucking me up, like uh, fucking Attack on Titan, trying to attach loose strings. Yeah. I saw a theory that said that, like, that wasn't actually Yuji's free will of him swallowing that first finger. Like, that no, first... because they talk about it in the sec, this latest chapter, right? Yeah, a little, yeah, they started touching yeah. on it. And, and that, like, it's possible that, let me read his name again Kenjaku planted that finger at that school. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, there why is it at a fucking school and also it's somehow something like ingrained in yuji that like he has to eat that finger because why would a sane person eat a fucking finger yeah yeah so i definitely believe that theory uh case cracked we are the number one theory account now yeah <laughs> we we've no. we, we've saw through this we 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 know everything Fixing my glasses like those, like with the reflection of, you know, you know what trope I'm talking about. I do. Yeah, so we basically got JJK figured out. I'm just kidding. Gage <laughs> is like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Take this, you stupid. <laughs> Kills off and rewrites the whole. <laughs> oh my god. So. Listening back to some things, I don't even like express my full idea. I just go into another one and cut it off. So shout out to anyone trying to understand of my stupid blabbering. Anyways, so I think that brings us up to the end of Shibuya. Um, basically, Kenjaku has orchestrated this plan of characters and has pretty much set everything in motion. And I think... When they go visit Tenjin, they clarify that the birth of Gojo kind of set him back. But then came this boy, as Tenjin uh, describes it, 
Ghetto who eats curses and that really worked out in his favor. And so yeah, basically, you know what? I ever since the first episode, I was like, okay, besides Itadori being insanely strong, there's something special about him because if you recall, his grandpa's like your parents, and he's like, I don't care. Yeah, that's right. Just like fucking Hunter Hunter. I don't give a fuck about my mom. Where's my dad? Yeah. Um, if anyone wants to see an analysis of how I compare Hunter Hunter and JJK, let me know. I have notes. No, but because she actually does have notes. No, I do. I um I read Chainsaw Man and we're gonna do an episode of Chainsaw Man versus JJK. Not like which one's better, but just kind of how they stand in line with each other. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, I read Chainsaw Man and I was like, damn, I should have written like my thoughts and stuff like that. So finally catching up to JJK, I was like, okay, let me just, let me revise this because it's important. Yep. So back to JJK. Yeah, uh, basically, Kenjaku orchestrated this evil plan and you're starting to question, shit, what's people's free will? It is. Um, I'm sorry. It's just a lot to take in. If you, if you're caught up, you know what I'm talking about. And then now with the end of Shibuya is like this whole calling game arc now. Okay, Mister Asim for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> you're just probably eating this shit up. He's like the Hunger Games. No, because that's basically what this fucking calling game is. Like, it That's exactly when I started the game. I was like, oh, like Hunter Hunter. I was like, no, bitch. Like the Hunger Games, a.k.a. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Collins writing the Hunger Games. Gay, gay. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Susan Collins. The Colin game. <laughs> you can't tell me. You can't tell me no one sees the parallels. Holy it's, shit. Holy shit. It's like two... I think if I would describe it, it's like the Hunger Games and type of like what was going on in the Hunter Hunter game. Similar. Like, in that sense. I would. That's how I would describe the Colin Games. It's basically um, the way Tenjin described it. The point of it is to bring out like the strongest people to see who survives and to bring out um, to see if the people... I don't even... I don't know. There's a lot going on. Basically, Kenjaku is... Put a lot of people under his, like, plans. Like, mm -hmm. implanted this power. I don't know. Don't really ask me. I'm gonna have to reread that. I'm not all-knowing. I'm stupid. I share a brain cell. Mm -hmm. And basically... Um... Oh, yeah. He kind of, like, awakened a lot of people, including Megami's sister. And so basically where they're at right now is um, Megami, Yuji, and all of them, they basically got to kind of... They're trying to save his sister. They're trying to save his sister because she only has a certain amount of time before she can declare whether she's going to be participating in the game or not. And yeah. Oh, and Maki, uh, finally. Oh, let's get into it. Let's get... Also, do y'all think Geje has like a degree in mathematics or physics because when he was describing 
the Zenin's like special like move. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... The power system is very interesting. As I was reading, they were like, oh, this applies to this, but not necessarily in this sense. And only if it's like the moon is out on Sunday evening mm -hmm. that they could use this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't remember where I read this. And so and because I don't remember where I read it, take this with a grain of salt because I don't know if it's true. But I think Gege uh, or Gege, the mangaka, I'm pretty sure they um they hired mathematicians to like write out like the specifics of Gojo's powers and all that shit. Yeah, because you could be a writer or you could be good at math. You can't be both. No. I can, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and that's why I can't go to... Y'all uh, be easy. But no, like... So, going back to mocking the Zenin clan. Okay. Holy shit. That was insane. Oh my god, if I, I can't even describe... That's probably one of my favorite fights. She is ruthless, and the way that she... I think her story has always been tragic, and I'm glad Geje, like, brought a light to it, and we get to know more about this side-side character, because it's like, okay, Yuji, MC, Gojo, another really important character, Megumi, Megumi Nobra, Nanami, the Sorcerers, and then you have... um. Maki, but you see in volume zero that she's important. She's helped a lot of people. She's from an important clan, but she diverges from that because she is seen as worthless to the family because A, she's a female and they're sexist. Mm -hmm. And she's a twin. So one's gifted with insane amount of strength and the other one's gifted with having the curse technique. Yeah. And that's really important because Finally, she goes, um, Gojo is trapped, so that, and then the head of the Zenin clan is dead, so, what's his name, Noya? No, Noya. Now, 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 that motherfucker, mm -hmm. because I don't like him. I don't like him either. I don't know how y'all sin for him. I don't like him. He's stupid. Anyone who insults Maki is worthless to me. I love Maki, by the way. Phone charm. Phone charm. Um, but basically she goes... Uh, Megumi is the official head of clan because he has this special um, curse technique and technically isn't under the guardianship of Gojo because he is not available. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, unless he dies, Noya's going to be the head of the clan. Noya tries to kill him fails because Choso stops him and that's un that's just too much to cover. Mm -hmm. But we're back to um the calling game's gonna begin. She doesn't have a curse technique, so she needs to go get all the curse weapons for not just her but the rest of the group so they could participate in the calling game. Mm -hmm. She goes in with the resolve that she is gonna stop the head of clan, but again she could only do she's talented but only so much compared to these head of families mm -hmm. with like years of training mm -hmm. 
And so her dad stops her, throws her into this room where she's about to get killed with her sister. And this is where we get to the sad shit. Mai comes up with this resolve that in order for them to be worthy or succeed, it's like, uh, you get stronger, but you're never going to see curses. And I can't get stronger because I'm the one who's allowed to see curses in a sense she's like don't you see we're we're cursed in the sense that like this curse technique doesn't see us as two people it sees us as one mm -hmm. and so in order to break that so one of us could finally achieve so one of us could finally thrive in this family in a sense is we have to die and their relationship has always been really sad because Mai has leaned on Maki as the support system and the only one she could rely to because, yeah, she's her twin and has helped her. And she has this power of seeing these curses that she's always been scared of. But Maki is a very independent person, per se, and is not going to be brought down by her expectations because she knows she's capable and strong. Mm -hmm. And so, finally... May come, Mai comes up with this idea like, I have never wanted this. You're as strong. And she always points out how strong Maki is. So she kills herself in order to give Maki. I don't know if that was clear that she has a curse technique now or that she's like, no, 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 no. She's basically insanely strong as Toji. Yeah. Without her curse technique. Now that. It's basically balanced now that yeah. one's dead. One could fully thrive. Yeah. Now that the other's dead, they're connected in that special way. And so it's sad because, like, even though it seems like they don't get along, it's more because they were so close that they don't get along. Mm -hmm. Or that they weren't able to amend this relationship. And my Lee's... So Maki's curse, Mai's curse technique is that she's able to make things bigger is what she described it. So she leaves like Maki with this twig and it turns into this fucking crazy katana mm -hmm. or weapon. And she kills all the Zenin clan. Boom, yeah. bam. It's insane. And then everyone thinks they're going to stop her. But like this girl's just been back to back to back of traumatic issues. I don't know who you think. You are to stop her. I she fucking killed. loved how feral she became. And like that panel where like they compared. Like they kind of like had like. Um, Toji's pose. And then juxtaposed with Maki's pose. And how similar they were to like visually. Represent like how on par they are. My brain orgasm seeing that. That was. It was like. Uh. That was fucking a masterclass manga panel. Yeah. You know what I would describe that moment? Hmm. Like, um, I'm not getting any spoiler warnings for Naruto. It's like when um when Naruto's fighting pain and then they show um the fourth Hokage and um Pervy Sage. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And how, I hope they do that in the anime because it's so cool because yeah, she got this haircut, she's like Feral, I love when anime characters go feral. That is my top tier. Mm -hmm. That is my trope that I'm always going to fall for. Feral characters. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. That I'm gonna revisit that fight scene till the end. She she's a badass. Yeah. And I I'm along with the people who are upset that she wasn't in the cover of this new volume, but I think she's gonna be the next one because May May got a cover, so why shouldn't Maki? Yeah. And I think it's gonna be the twins and plus Nanami got his cover for volume eleven, but that's not when his death happened per se. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all in well. Like let's let's not get our panties in a bunch, everybody. We're yeah. gonna get a Maki cover and hopefully with Mai as well too. Yeah. And I hope we get that Toji and Megumi cover. Oh no, we won't. Just kidding. <laughs> that was a sick cover and their fight, although not emotional, I think it's very telling that he forces to stop himself because I think he realized yeah. But back to Maki's fight. Noya's like, don't you have a heart? I think it was him, right? And she's like, no, it was taken away from me. And that's so sad because that means Maya was her heart. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not crying. All right. So, yeah, big fight happens. Uh, Zen and Clan no longer existing. Now it's between uh, Yuji and Megumi to... Um, round up this character that's supposedly to be really strong and gonna help him in the club. That's where they're basically... I think it's kind of... It's not filler, but it's definitely not like, oh my god, this is some good content. Yeah. It's funny, though. There's a fight scene and Panna's like, the edible society's gonna hear from me. Yeah. I fucking love Panda so much. Panda is so funny. And yeah, basically after that, I think you get a more lax feel of JJK and you're just like, all right, how am I supposed to go on after witnessing all these Yeah. Also emotional moments. I love like this tongue-in-cheek joke that Gege did in the manga. Mm-hmm. Like Megami kind of introduced himself to someone. He's like, I'm the new head of the clan. And then like he put a little asterisk and it says, Zen and clan has now been killed off. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember that part. Um, yeah, that part was funny. And then, as of latest, chapter one sixty. Uh, finally, the people who are in this colonies are wake- being woken up by none other than Kenjaku, also in pseudo ghettos. It's a nice sight. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all thought you were gonna catch me simping? Nah. Um, and then you see, I think it's his friend from the, um, par- not Paranormal yeah, Club. Yeah, um, Paranormal Club. It is the Paranormal Club? That's yeah, what it's called? Yeah. Okay. You see his friend and it's like, thank you for being nice to my son. And that's just confirming, like, that's, yeah. that's his mom. That's his mom. That. Yeah. Because you a milf and I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to continue. But All that's right. JJK. Yeah. Um... We kind of went, we didn't go in a line. We kind of went up, down, backward, up and down. Yeah, um, we, we pulled a Tarantino. We didn't fucking care which order we're going in. That's exactly how I would describe this episode. There's no order to our madness. I would kind of say this episode if you're ca- a caught up. If you're in the end of this, well, you already listened. But I hope you were just kind of more passively listening to this instead of trying to get details. 
because we're just, we're just here to be head ass. We're not here to summarize shit. Yeah, we're just trying to process our trauma of reading this uh, manga. Yeah. But let us know if you want us to analyze the first arc of Chainsaw Man or to compare Chainsaw Man and JJK. Yes. Because we'll be talking about both either way. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening to our headassness. See you next week. We appreciate you. Bye bye. Thank you.